Welcome into the September 20th episode of the Locked On Lease Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. It is the eve before training camp and some injury news to start off camp, Dave. We'll tell you who is injured, how it's going to impact the club, and also a trio of retirements today, one of which was some big Leafs ties. I'll explain all that and more on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother, on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also now catch us up on video on YouTube, just search up Locked On Leafs. Go ahead, hit the notification bell as well, because we're back to five episodes a week, ladies and gentlemen. Five shows a week, each and every day, Monday through Friday. And training camp's here, Dave. Training camp is uh, starts tomorrow as we record this Tuesday night. It's the eve of training camp. You excited, buddy? Oh, the it's percolating. Everything's percolating. We just got this big rush that everything is sort of happening. Teams are just like yep. GMs are just like, Oh yeah. Training camp starts. We got to get some stuff done. Well, Cause there was like, nothing was done for the course of like six weeks. Like realistically after, cause free agency was what July 13th this year. And maybe yeah. things kind of extended a couple of weeks. And then there was nothing. And then Kadri signed and there, and there was nothing again. And now all of a sudden, Lots of stuff happening, and we'll get to a lot of it. Some players retiring. Um, there's some injury news, though, that we do need to start off with with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Kind of caught me a little off guard, I'll be quite honest with you. Two players being reported will miss uh, uh, training camp. It sounds like Engvall will miss the start of camp, could return at some point. We'll get to him in a moment. But Timothy Lilligren reportedly out four to six weeks with an undisclosed injury. Um, I spoke with Darren Dreger earlier today on my show on Leafs Lunch on 1050, and he said, uh, yeah, it sounds like he's hearing four to six-week recovery for Timothy Lilligren. So not only is he going to miss off camp, but he'll probably miss the first few weeks of the season as well. Tough blow for Timothy Lilligren, who's coming off, which was his basically first season in the NHL where he got to you know some significant playing time was hoping to have a solid sophomore campaign and now he's starting uh, behind the eight ball here. Yeah, that's that's just so not ideal for a young defenseman to miss camp and miss the chance to, you know, get some chemistry with whoever he was going to be playing with, right? Um so yeah, it just throws a big wrench into a lot of probably what the Leafs had planned going into the preseason how they wanted to try different things out and back to the drawing board. Yeah, like that's there, there's one thing you could talk about Lilligren and, you know, as a young defenseman, you know, 23 years old, you, missing time like this is isn't good for his development personally. But, you know, you touched on the fact that he won't be able to gain chemistry with guys. I mean, for the most part, do you have any idea what these defensive pairings could look like? I mean, we have an idea, but is there one pairing where, where you know, like you can just absolutely 
like write that in stone. You know it's not changing. I, I don't think I can do that comfortably. And not having Lilligren there to test out some of these pairings to try and see how he fits with others. You know, can this guy go here? Can Lilligren, can he, uh, you know, develop a chemistry with Morgan Riley? Would that free up Brody to play with Jake Muzzin? And now we don't really, we won't find out if if that's the case. And, you know, maybe we're going to have to watch a Muzzin Hall situation for a little bit. Or maybe Sandine ends up coming back. Maybe they flip Geo to the right side. You know, there's many different situations that could happen here um so yeah not only is it Lilligren's development curve that is you know going to take a bit of a hit by him missing six weeks and it'll take him a little bit longer to get up to speed once he does get back into the NHL into the into the swing of things it also kind of throws a wrench into Sheldon Keefe's plans for him trying to test out and see which pairings would work best for him when puck drops on October 12th yeah I think that that's really uh, you I mean, I, I don't call it a good thing, but maybe the only thing is you can kind of see where your depth is at. You know, yeah. you've already got a guy that's sh- that's on the shelf and you say, hey, look, there's an opportunity for somebody to grab some minutes. Right. We know that they brought in Jordy Ben and Victor Mete. Those are two guys who have played both the left and right side. They're both left shots. It's not ideal to have so many lefties, but you can see how that experiment works. And then you go with some guys, uh, younger guys with the Marlies, some guys who are trying to make a little bit of a, of a name for themselves. Here you go. <laughs> you know, injuries always bring out opportunities for somebody else. Really the least, this is the time where you have to see who can grab those opportunities. Yeah. I, I guess this is an opportunity for some other guys to go and, and take hold of a roster spot that you didn't otherwise think was available. I mean, the easy, the easy fix there is, I mean, you figure something out with Sandine and Sandine becomes the sixth man in this rotation realistically. Um, but with Lilgren not going to be ready to go for camp and not ready to go for the start of the regular season. Do you think that this has impact on the Sandine situation? Last I heard uh, he's still chilling in Sweden. He's digging his heels in. He is not happy with the contract he's been offered to this point, or at least, you know, hasn't decided to accept whatever offer has been uh, handed to him. Um, like, I feel like this Timothy Lilligren injury, both sides should like this should light a fire under both sides to get something done. If you ask me from a Dubas perspective, I mean, you don't want Sandine to also not play and be in the same boat as Lilligren, where now you look at it and you say, okay, he's starting behind the eight ball because he wasn't in camp. Not ideal for a 22 year old defenseman who is you know, for all intents and purposes, going into a second, you know, full season at the NHL level. And then also, if you're Rasmus Sandin, you've been clamoring about wanting an opportunity to play every day. This is your chance now. There is a little bit of a hole for you to go in and prove to the to the the, the coaching staff through camp and through the first few weeks while Lilligren's injured that you deserve to be an everyday NHLer, and it's not Rasmus Sandin who will be up in the press box when Lilligren returns. Maybe it'll be a tougher decision uh, between a couple other players who Sheldon Keefe will have to try and uh, decide between. But if I'm Rasmus Sandin, you know, I, I I hear a lot of people saying how now he has a little bit of leverage potentially with this injury in, in negotiations. I don't see it that way. If anything, I think this would, if I was Sandin, or if I could tell him something, get in his ear, I would say to him, look, man, 
if they're offering you like one year, one million or one year, 900,000, whatever it may be, I would take that deal, get into camp, win yourself a job, and you will be one of the top six with Lilligren out and prove to the team that you are a top option. And once you get that opportunity to get into the lineup, don't relinquish it. Play your way into the starter's role each and every night. And that can't be done in Sweden. He's got to be here in Toronto for that to happen. Yeah, that's the big one there for me. It's like if I'm Rasmus Sandin, this should be do the opposite. You don't want to dig in more because then the Leafs are going to say, all right, we got other guys here that want to play. We signed them to deal, so we're just going to give them the opportunity. We'll let you sit. I I think if you're if you're Kyle Dubas, you can maybe say to ask talk with Rasmus saying, hey. We'll give you another shot if you want to try the right side again. Sheldon Keith probably will say Ixnay on the Xnay on that one. But well, so I don't think it was necessarily the right side that was the issue. It was the right side on the top there. That was the problem. Like when yeah. he was on the right side with um, you know, playing the right side, uh, I can't remember who he was playing with, but he was on the third pair right side and he looked fine. Like, was he spectacular? No, he wasn't spectacular. Oh, Dermot. When it was him and Dermot playing together, right? Dermot would play on the left sometimes, and Sandine would go to the right. He looked okay. He was fine. You know, so I think that if he were to play with, with Giordano on the left side and some sheltered minutes, I think he could definitely pull off third pair, right side defensive minutes to and be good enough, even if he maybe he can end up, you know, taking some – power play minutes potentially away from Giordano. I don't know how that's going to shake out, but if he does want to do that, and he's going to have to do it in camp, like I said. So even for more ice time, just for, for the sake of a power play, it'd be a lot easier for him to get ice time and be indispensable for Sheldon Keefe if he's there now, uh, as opposed to maybe losing out on those opportunities in camp to uh, a Mark Giordano. Yeah, I, I just think if you're – I don't see – Sandine being here for the start of camp just because he's not even in town, right? Unless something magically happens between the time we finish recording and practice tomorrow, I just don't see it. No, but I mean, if he's there in the next couple of days, like technically yeah. Mitch Marner was not there for the start of camp the year that he dug his heels in, right? He signed it the day camp started and he was there like that night or the next day, which I think would be perfectly fine for Sandine to do. I just don't want it to linger a couple of weeks and he misses games like game start Saturday, right? Split squad game against the Senators this weekend, this Saturday, um, which I think we might end up chatting with Ross Levitan and, and uh, Brandon Piller from Locked on Sense, maybe a little pre or post game uh, discussion with them about that game. But, uh, you know, games start pretty soon. So he's going to want to get here so he doesn't miss out on those opportunities. Yeah, that's it, right? You, Whoever is representing him kind of needs to tell him, look, are you – really willing to miss these opportunities right now because hate say he's not going to be putting himself in the good graces of the coaching staff. If he just shows up, Hey guys, I'm here. All right. I'm ready to go. And they're like, okay, go in the corner and do so you do your conditioning workouts. <laughs> I, yeah. I cause he, he also, well, he doesn't have the cachet that Neilander yeah. or Marner had either. Right. Exactly. It's not like they need Sandine in the lineup here. I mean, yes, he's probably I, better better than Mete and, and better than Jamie Ben, although both of those guys have played significant games in the NHL. And to this point are more established at the end of the day than Sandine, although Sandine clearly the higher ceiling of the three players. 
but it's not like it's uh, okay. We're in a dire situation. We're desperate. We got to get this guy signed. Let's give him the two million he's asking for. I don't think that's going to happen. I still think that whatever contract is out there that's been out there for the last little bit, I, I don't think they're really going to budge from that number. I don't think they really can, to be honest with you. I know these injuries they say could open up cap space, but eventually there's going to be a cap squeeze and it makes it a lot easier to do those gymnastics if you stick to your guns and sign Sandine at that lower cap rate of Lilligren's 1.4 on a multi-year deal or potentially, you know, you tie with a Mikey Anderson or potentially an Eric Branstrom, two younger guys who've also signed one-year contracts this offseason for 900 grand and uh, and a one-year $1 million in, in Mikey Anderson, which I think probably is best-case scenario for both sides. Um, so that's how I think it ends up playing out. I do think Sandine this time next week will be signed and will be in camp. I think that is going to be, uh, that's my statement for today's podcast. Sandine this time today by next Tuesday will be signed and will be in camp with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, cause it's, it's, there's opportunity for him now to solidify himself within this top six defensive unit with Lilligren out. So hopefully he can take advantage of that. All right, Dave, we'll get to uh, Engvall uh, missing camp and maybe who could benefit from that as well. Maybe a glass half full approach to this Engvall injury. But before we get there, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors and it's betonline.net. It's your number one source for all your pro sports betting needs and info this season. Find all your latest football league developments, game matchups, news and podcasts, including this year's Opening week games, Bet Online is also your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including the NHL, MLB, MMA, boxing, even golf. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DeStefano. Got Dave Morrissuti with me. We're hosts here at Locked On Leafs, a daily show. If you are a new listener to the podcast, appreciate you taking the time to give us a chance. If you enjoy it, go ahead, uh, smash that like button down below if you're on YouTube. And also, if you're listening or on YouTube, um, subscribe because we got new content coming to you daily throughout the week. And with the season uh, starting up now, you're not going to want to miss a second of it. We bring you uh, daily Leafs info. And something else that popped up today, along with the Lilligren injury, was the Pierre Engvall injury. And he's going to miss the start of camp, it sounds like. Um, doesn't seem as though it's as long-term as Lilligren. There's a chance he could return during camp. Um, what's your read on the Engvall situation? Yeah, that one was a strange one. I don't. Some people in our Discord are saying it's a little convenient that at a time that the Leafs are trying to figure out salary caps up, that all these injuries are popping up. Yeah. I mean, injuries happen, guys. It, like If you look at uh, other teams around the league, so many guys are now getting hip surgeries and knee surgeries. Like, Katori might have to get another back surgery. Like, it's a disaster right now. Yeah. Because let's not forget that while COVID is kind of – Going into the rear view, they're still they were still trying to condense and trying to get this back to a normal schedule. So there's a log jam, right? There's a log yeah. jam for some of this stuff. But also, I think too, like everyone's coming in for the medicals now. Yeah. So if you're coming in for your medical now and, and you're just kind of finding out some new information over the last couple of days, which I'm assuming is what's happened here with with these two players. Like I I didn't hear anything about either guy in, in until the last 24 hours. So I 
can only assume it's once they got into camp, they started taking a look into the medicals. They started looking into their bodies and saying, oh, this doesn't look right. Or, oh, does this hurt? And now there's some situations here where a couple of guys are, are going to be missing time. And it's not convenient. It's not convenient for either player to be out. Let's I, I think we should make that abundantly clear. Um, yes, I guess it somewhat makes uh, the cap work a little bit easier if you can put these guys on LTIR, especially Engvall, since he's making $2.25 million. But certainly, I, I think this is a team that is better off with, with Engvall being 100% healthy, fully ready to go by the start of the season, as opposed to you know starting behind the eight ball and having to have him play catch-up for the better part of the first you know three to four weeks once he finally does get healthy. Yeah, that that's it, right? You you want to get you want to nip as many of these injuries now. You don't want these to be issues when the season starts. And again, injuries are going to happen. So this is where you do your exper- you know, experimentation. Whether if let's say Angwell was going to be on the third line, maybe somebody else will get that opportunity on the third line. There are some guys from the prospect tournament that are going to want to make the can- make t- the you know, try to get into the NHL sooner rather than later. This is their chance to try to Ursip and Angval and maybe make him, I'm not going to say Angval is expendable, but make some of these other guys expendable. Guy. You know that's my guy, Dave. No, that's your guy. That's why that's I couldn't say. I, I don't even want you to say words like that. That's hurtful. That's hurtful words you just used there. Um, but you're not you're not completely wrong about that. And um, this is an opportunity for some guys to, to step up and show, hey, Sheldon, I can also play this role potentially. And I'm curious to hear if there's any names that – kind of pop uh, pop into your mind right away for some players who might be able to take advantage of the Sengvall injury. I mean, like I look at a guy like Alex Steves. I thought he had a pretty good rookie tournament. He stood out to me uh, like, you know, it, it, can, can, a, can a yarn croak, you know, prove to be more than just a third line guy? Could he get, could he maybe be a second line option? We're not certain that Alexander Kerfoot's going to be that second line left winger, right? So I I just think I'm just curious to see how the when you see the lines for the first time at camp and you say, hmm, I didn't expect this guy to be here. It's like, well, maybe that was where they had expected Engvall to be. And now the plan kind of changes. So there like Alex Steves is a guy that he had a good year, good development camp last year. Didn't really latch onto an NHL opportunity. He had another good one. We got injured, right? He got injured at the end of, of the Travers tournament last year, which didn't allow him to uh, compete in main camp and then start off his pro career in, in, in the Marlies. But, yeah. you know, this season, um, you know, Alex Steves, arguably the best player for uh, Toronto down in Traverse City. So I think he's hoping to once again parlay a good rookie tournament. Hopefully this, you know, he was able to stay healthy throughout. And now there's a bit of an opportunity for him to come and grab a role, if not, you know, as a third liner, but certainly, you know, potentially a top 12 guy on, on the fourth line as well. Yeah, that that's it there, right? You you want to see injuries are tough, right? They, but for a guy like Steve's, at least you can put him down to the Marlies and give him his chance to work it back. You're not, you're not counting on him per se to take that role, but you want to give him that opportunity to at least see if he can earn it. And he's cheap. He would be a yeah. cheap option as well. The other guy who I think who you didn't who you didn't uh, mention yet, who I think does have a big opportunity here with Engvall injured, is Zach Aston Reese, the guy who they have brought in on on a PTO 
right? I think that he has a tremendous opportunity to try and establish uh, himself as a third-line defensive uh, checking winger, which would go perfect with David Camp and Yali Yarncroke, uh, realistically. So that is another player. And and now that Engvall's, I don't want to say out of sight, out of mind, or out of the way, but, you know, with him out, and now if you're Sheldon Keefe, you're thinking, okay, glass half full. This now gives me an opportunity to see what maybe a Zach Aston Reese would look like on that line. He's always wanted a like real shutdown line. He's always talked about that. It's third line, traditional defensive shutdown line. And that's really all Zach Aston Reese is. Somebody on our Discord pointed out that a couple of years ago, he actually got some some votes for um oh, what's the defensive for the Selkie a couple of years ago. Right. So like, that's, that's how good this guy is defensively. Like he limits opportunities and the, he, that's all he is realistically as a defensive forward. Um, so potentially for a guy like him, that is someone who I think has a real opportunity to get a good look uh, in a good situation with some players. So Zach Aston Reese is another one of those who I think, um, can definitely take advantage of this of this Engvall injury. I don't think Engvall's necess- like his job is on the line here. Like, could he lose his job? I doubt it. Like, I think they liked what he was able to do last year. But he is somebody who makes two point two five million dollars. And at some point, if they do decide to move out some money, you know, Engvall two point five or two point two five. Maybe that conversation comes up at some point, especially if they get Zach Aston re-signed to a, a lower deal and if he's able to, you know, kind of make that happen. Yeah. Um, all right. Why don't we take one more quick break when we get back? Some news from around the league. A few retirements um, have uh, came in, trickled in. Uh, three big retirements, actually. Uh, one, well, I guess two of them really have some big Leafs ties, but one in particular, there's a funny stat out there that pertains to the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll tell you who that is and who that's all about on the other side. You're listening to the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Um, Dave, lots of, of news around the league today, the day before camp. Uh, we just talked about what happened in Leafland, just spent the last 20 minutes about the news that came out of Leafland. But around the league, a lot of stuff happening. We had three big-time retirements get announced today. Uh, first, it was Keith Yandel announcing on Spitting Chicklets that he was hanging it up. The league's current Iron Man for, well, it's not going to be for too long, we, we don't think, um, with Phil Kessel on his heels and Looking slim and trim, by the way. Did you see that uh, Phil Kessel photo, by the way? No, you know, I, I'm, I'm keeping my tabs on. I, I'm not going to lie. I was watching some Phil Kessel highlights when he was with the Leafs. Just to <laughs> miss a little bit of what he, uh, what he did back uh, back in the day. He's, he's, he's looking like he, you know, hit the weight room a little bit. He actually picked up the skates and maybe did a couple of laps around the rink and you know, maybe he didn't even need a hot dog all summer long. He, he looking pretty good. I'll say that. Um, didn't, didn't want to get the healthy scratch. He wanted to make sure that he could make it through the season. And uh, and I think he's what, like 20 games shy or something like that from passing Keith Yandel, if I'm not mistaken, uh, to become the official Ironman. Um, so he announced his retirement. Keith Yandel did a great career. Um, you'll always remember him best as a, 
as a Phoenix Coyote uh, for the most part of his career um, before they changed to Arizona and then spent a lot of time in, in Florida and he was, he was in New York for a little bit too. Was he not with the Rangers? Yeah. And then uh, so ended his career obviously with the Philadelphia Flyers. So Keith Yandel is, is um, he's been a terrific player uh, over the last few seasons. So uh, I think it's something we all kind of anticipated happening. Um, especially now that his streak is kind of over, it's not much for him to play for at this point in his career. So not something I saw saw um, that was so surprising. Not too long after, Zidane Chara comes out and announces his retirement. Again, not so surprising considering he's like 45 years old and um, played like over 1,700 games, 24 years in the NHL. And, you know, last year was in a incredibly limited role with the Washington Capitals. So not too surprising that Char decided to hang it up either. But did you see this, uh, this statistic about statistic? It was brought up to me a few times by some people I know who are the non-Lee fans. I'm surprised. Did it get tossed in the discord? That's usually something that gets tossed in there, but I don't know if I saw it on the discord or not, but if you're not on our discord, by the way, definitely go join that with the season starting back up. The boys are starting to get a little rowdy again. It went a little quiet through the summer, but people are starting to get back and and they're getting active on the discord. So Dave, make sure to leave it in the, in the show notes um, of this podcast. So you guys can go join it. Um, You can, get it either download the discord app on your phone or also uh on your computer as well discord.com slash i think it's locked on leaps uh but yeah so zadeno chara announced his retirement which zadeno was the last active player to have been eliminated by the maple leafs in the postseason so no one in the nhl has ever been eliminated by the maple leafs in the postseason, it's been that long since Toronto has won around in the NHL that there's no longer a player that is actively and currently playing that is in the league. That's just sad. <laughs> it's yeah. honestly just it, like it, it. Spezza would have been the other one, but he retired earlier this offseason, obviously, at the end of the year and is now in with Leafs management. And then it was Zidane Char, right? When they were both members of the Ottawa Senators back in 2004. Right. Yeah, I remember the times where, you know, the Leafs had the sense number all those years in the playoffs. Those were the days. Those were the days. Those Guaranteed. Days. That actually allowed me to stay up late to watch hockey games. I watched those, like, I fell asleep during one of those overtime winners uh, from Steve Thomas. I think Gary Roberts had another one. Stumpy. Yeah. Those are those were the days, man. Those are some good squads, but uh, I mean, hopefully, we can uh, this current iteration of the Maple Leafs can finally get passed around. Now that now that Char's out of the picture, maybe he was the real curse. Maybe he's always kind of been the thorn in the Maple Leaf side, and maybe just his presence in the league has kind of been uh, the curse that we didn't know that the Maple Leafs had was just Zdeno Chara. So maybe now that he's gone and he's officially filed his papers for for retirement, he signed a one-day contract with the Bruins and retired today, maybe now, and this is the season, that the Maple Leafs could win a playoff round. How do you like that for some uh, tin hat theory right there? Sure. Yeah, we can can give it a try. I mean, if it does Uh, happen, I'm sure sure somebody will bring that up if the Leafs manage to win a round this year. First ballot Hall of Famer. 
I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like when you think of the greatest defenseman of, I guess, like our era of the 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 two thousands and twenty tens, I think of Zadell Chara, Duncan Nick, Keith, Nick and. Lewis. Lidstrom was like early 2000s. Like he wasn't part of the 2010s, really. So oh, he was the he was era. Back before that. Still, he was still a dynamite player. When did he retire? 2010, 2010, maybe 2011. One of those, one of those two. But yeah, clearly he was. But I'm talking like the full last 20. 2012 years. was when he retired. He played all the way to 2012, eh? Look at that. And I think he still even had like a 60 or 70 point season the year. Yeah, <laughs> he had 62 points the the second last year, and he had 34 points in 70 games. Absolute monster. Yeah. Um, but regardless, like I, you think of you could throw Lidstrom in that list, sure. Um, you think of Zidane O'Chara. You think of of uh, Shea Weber and Duncan Keith. Probably it, realistically, when you're talking about guys in the last like 15 years who stick out as you know, the, the defenseman that has defined the last 15 years in the NHL. Well, Scott Niedermeyer, Drew Doughty. Drew, uh, I don't know if I would put Drew Doughty in that, in that range. Well, that, that guy would play close to 30 minutes a night for those LA Kings. Teams. Yeah. But like the longevity wasn't there with Drew Doughty. Like he was solid for like five or six years. But then there's, you know, inconsistencies. He fell off pretty quick. There's been injuries there. To Dan O'Chara, like, every single year, man, that guy was out there. And he How was about Chris Bronger? Who? Chris Bronger. Because he would have been even Bronger, like, I think of that as the, 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 the generation prior, right? Like, these guys started their careers in the 90s, like uh, early 90s, right? guys who started in the 2000s. Yeah, like the last 15 years, which goes back to what? 2007, I guess? 2006, 2007 or so? Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, from those guys, the last dozen to 15 years who's dominated the hockey circles as defensemen the whole time, not just for like a couple, like the whole like a Ryan, like a Ryan Suter has been pretty... Suter's sick. Suter's another guy who who was up there for for a very long time, of course. Um, you know, Hedman, I guess, is is for the last decade has been up there. But yeah. I remember doing like the the all decade team of the 2010s. Mm -hmm. I think it was Duncan Keith and Zidane O'Chara were the two defensemen for the all decade NHL team for the 2010s. So yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. You know, yeah. he's got himself. Well, they won one cup. I they won two cups. One. Yeah, he they only won one cup. The one cup with Boston, yeah. Yeah. They went, so he won two three finals and he won one cup. Yeah. Uh he went to three? Uh Vancouver. Yeah. That's one one. Chicago. And then St. Louis. Oh, right, right. I forgot about the Chicago one. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I didn't forget about, about the Chicago final. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, Davey yeah, Boland. Leaf legend. Yeah, Leaf Legend. Um but yeah, go sayonara to Zdeno Chara. Uh, and then P.K. Subban, the last of the three to announce his retirement today. That one catch you off guard a little bit? I heard rumblings that it sounded like it was going to be a possibility. It's really unfortunate because I wanted to see if P.K. would give it one more year. But I, I think what he's deciding is why try for something that might not be there? And I give him a lot of credit for that. And he's going to be one of those guys that they kept mentioning it. 
can't remember who said it for sure, but like they were saying, like this is a guy who might thrive way more off the ice than he does than he did on the ice. And I think when I think of like somebody brought up actually Tony Romo as like his comparable in terms of Tony Romo was a pretty decent quarterback in the NFL, not the greatest quarterback, but as an analyst, he's probably one of the best out there. Typical for a Cowboys fan to bring that up. Well, I think I think PK Subban would make a fantastic analyst. Yeah, he he would, and and I think ultimately, I, I'm I would be shocked if there wasn't PTO offers out there. Like he, if he wanted to play in the NHL this year in any capacity, like if he had the drive just to keep the the keep the the fire lit, he probably had offers to go out there and play somewhere. Um, you know, a chance to crack a roster on a PTO, sign a cheap you know, one year, $1 million deal somewhere. But I'm, he probably, you're right. It just said, you know what? I think I'd rather move on to the next chapter of my life. You know, hockey, for a guy like Chara, hockey was his life, right? Eight, eat, sleep, hockey. Eat, sleep, hockey. Eat, like that's, that was a Dan Chara. That's why he played for 24 years. 24 years that guy played in the NHL. And that's including one season overseas. So that's 25 years of pro hockey that he played. It's a quarter century, David, of pro hockey that Zidane Chara played. Subban played 13 years, still very long time. Extremely successful um, and admirable career, especially his time with the Montreal Canadiens where he was beloved. Mm-hmm. But it, it, we've always known, like, Subban, there's, there's, when he's done with the game or done with playing the game, there's definitely a role for the guy on the screen to stay, you know, within the game, but at a different capacity. And I could totally see PK Subban um, realizing that, yeah, maybe I, I'm no longer the player I can be. I know there's some back issues there with Subban. He can't quite skate like he used to when he was so elite um, as an offensive defenseman at the very least. And I think there's some realization there and just realizing to himself, I may be a better better for the game off the ice than on the ice at this point in his career. And, you know, made that difficult decision to move on and, uh, you know, wish him nothing but, but, but success. I guarantee you it's not goodbye for PK Subban. He'll, he'll be around, uh, he'll be around the game a lot. I can guarantee you that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. No. And I think, I think the NHL would be wise to use him as much as possible as like an ambassador for the game. Cause really, I don't think there is a better one in my opinion, like more recognizable in terms of, Thinks he's done off the ice. Yeah. I, I, I just think yeah, that what 10, $10 million he donated yeah. to the children's hospital in, in Montreal. And to this day, every year still goes down there every summer and pays a visit to those kids. Like he is beloved in that community. And, and for good reason, he's an amazing ambassador. Even after he had left, uh, you know, got shipped out, not left, got shipped out by the Montreal Canadians. Um, but they still love him to this day down there. So uh just goes to show the type of person that PK Subban is. And uh, you know, he's got the, the personality to be successful in whatever he decides to do, even if it's not hockey, it's something else. Um, I guarantee you Subban is gonna have a successful uh next chapter in his life, whatever it may be. All right. Uh I think we're gonna end it there, Dave. Uh good stuff. Uh it, it is the night before training camp, but training camp starts tomorrow. We will be back tomorrow. We'll kind of tee up the start of camp a little bit, 
There was uh, an announcement of who the Leafs jersey sponsor is going to be. We'll talk about it tomorrow and also talk about uh, the richest contract in NHL history being signed and what that could mean for Austin Matthews. We'll get into that discussion tomorrow as well. That's new for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Lockdown Leafs Podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morasudi. Go ahead, uh, please, uh, if you enjoyed the episode, leave a like if you're watching on YouTube. A comment down below as well. And uh, a review if you're listening on iTunes. That would be greatly appreciated as well. So we'll be back with another episode tomorrow to tee up camp. Uh, But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.